Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Good morning, Vietnam! I have you now. We came, we saw, we kicked its ass. Hello! My name is Inigo Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. Life moves pretty fast. You don't stop and look around once in a while. You could miss it. My calculations are correct. When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're gonna see some serious... You're listening to the 30-something movie podcast. One movie each week, 30 years in the making. You are listening to the 30-something movie podcast. Um, today, it's, it's me, John, and... Pat. It's Pat. Hey, hey. I still want to play that music every time I, I talk know. to you. I know, and I always go, hey, hey, and that's I not know. what he does. So that's I don't, I just right. don't. Hey, I'm Pat. <laughs> Would you uh, like the regular haircut? You know, what kind of haircut do you normally get? Oh, surprise me. <laughs> you do that quite well, man, I <laughs> have you. to say. Because I finally went and like. I'm androgynous, that's why. <laughs> well, no, I'm not saying that. Uh, but uh, but you do the impression very well. Sharing a lot of secrets today on the 30-something movie podcast. Oh, it's the movie podcast. I it's thought that was our other podcast. Yeah, it's the 30-something androgyny podcast. <laughs> it's very ambiguous. We don't even know what we're talking about. <laughs> Some, that's my life, man. Yeah, there it is. Sums it all up. Uh, so we are the 30-something movie podcast. We are, if you're just joining us, where have you been? But if you're just joining us, we are, uh, we are a podcast that we feature one movie each week. Um, each of these movies is reaching their 30th anniversary. Um, we don't always go by like the exact date or the month or whatever, but if it's a movie, so like this year in particular, 2017, if it is a 1987 movie, those are the movies we're going to be covering this year. On occasion, we will do some brand new movies as well. I know coming up in a few weeks, we may do the Lego Batman movie. Mm-hmm. We've got several, I've got, well, several children. I only have two children, but, um, several children within my family, including myself, are interested in seeing that one, so... And later on in the year, we'll probably do Wonder Woman. We are definitely going to be doing Logan. Um, so we've, we've got a few new ones that we, we like to throw in there as well. But for the most part, we are, uh, we are the 1987 movies this year. And this week, we have Raising Arizona. Um, so this is the Nicolas Cage Coen Brothers movie. Really quickly, we spoil the events of the movies that we talk about. So if you have not seen it yet, you may want to watch the movie first. You don't care about being smoiled. Spo- smoiled. 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 I like that. That it's, word. It actually was from a Woody Allen movie. Really? Smoiled. It is a word. No, it's not a word. Okay. I don't think it's a word. But he used it. Yeah. If you speak Yiddish, please let us know if smoiled is a word and if we need to change our uh, uh, our clean or explicit rating on iTunes. Smoiled. Smoiled. Word. I just I did an I just did an announcing for the school spelling bee, so I feel like I should. Yeah, yeah. that's right. I that's feel like I should pronounce words correctly too, but that that's not happening. There it is. Um, so yeah, so if you don't want to be smoiled or spoiled, either way, uh, the milk is smoiling. The milk is smoiling. I'm just hoping this word isn't like some like. I, completely... <laughs> we've just insulted an entire nation, and is, and someone's grandmother. Um, oh. That's fine. Talking about the the milk being smoiled. Um, and I'm going to keep saying the word. I don't care. If I, that's right. We'll find out later if somebody tracks us down. And they, see, that'll prove that people are listening to us. If, okay. if they write in and they're like, oh, you said a horrible thing. That's right. Get and I don't know why our listeners sound like that. But All right. I, I, I picture that some of them do in our heads. Um, 
made me think of one of my favorite scenes from a King of the Hill episode okay. where I, th- I think they put Bobby on, is it Prozac? Okay. Or some kind of ADHD medication, and he's sitting at the kitchen table, and he goes, there's some milk in the fridge that's about to go bad. And there it goes. And, like, there are times that I don't even know why, but, like, that's, that's I, that will come up in conversation. I don't know how I make that come up in conversation, but there will be times where, like, if something's happening at home, I'm like, there are some bananas in the bowl over there that are about to go bad. <laughs> and there, and they, go. there they go. Nice. Hey, so. I just looked up smoil. Is it a word? Um, it says that it's legal in Scrabble. Oh. I, you know, um, but it says to smile. To smile. Says, man, to smile. What, it, what is the what is the uh, language of origin? Can you use it in a sentence? Uh, dude, I, I'm I'm you know I'm gonna I don't. Uh, Again, I just announced for the spelling bee. There's so I'm a kind of smoiled.com. Smoiled.com. Smoiled is a valid Scrabble word. Huh. ScrabbleWordSolver.com. I'm going to go there. Okay. Well, you're welcome, listening audience. Not only do you get to hear us talk about a movie today, you get a word that you're going to be able to play in Scrabble, and the rest of your friends are going to be like, that's not a word. You'd be like, no. John and Pat from the 30-something movie podcast said that smoiled is a word, and it is legal, and I can use it. To smile. Yeah. Okay. I've never heard that one before. Yeah, that's what what it says. Okay. So, I don't know. We're going to go with it. Yeah. Well, um, let's talk about our movie today. I smoiled a lot watching this movie. Well, let me see. When you uh, don't read, uh, don't okay. Don't read what it says. I'm not sure that it. Mm. There's different dictionaries. Well, out right. There. I mean, Urban Dictionary is not probably the best. Yeah. I'm, I'm just, does, it, does it show up in other places other I, than I Urban don't know. Dictionary? I don't know. Yeah, okay. it does because that other place I found. Okay. Smoil. Okay, now this is just going to turn into a whole But thing. again, it's smiling. Smoil. It's smile is the... I think we, we've taken it. So let's talk about... Words containing smoil. Words with smoil in them. Uh, I don't know. Hmm, okay. I... I think we go with it, We're going to go with it. Um, I like it. If, if your family wants to argue, then... Too bad. Start have them listen to our podcast. Have them listen to the podcast. Have them listen and have subscribe to the podcast, and, and then they can podcast. learn for themselves. Because, you know, we don't just watch movies here. We provide a service. No, we are a service. Half the time, we don't know what that service Full is going to be, but... service. Yeah. Okay. Um, that being the case, please feel free, if you're listening to us, to leave us a review on iTunes. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can give us five stars. Uh, you could give us less, but we'd, we'd probably prefer five stars. Um, and uh, we promise really not to let that inflate our egos at all. But then you can tell your friends and tell their friends. And, and then if you tell two people, then they tell two people and so on yes. and so on. Uh, and more people come and watch the show. So subscribe, rate, uh, listen to us in iTunes. We're in other places too. Um, but uh, yeah, so we are happy that you're here. We're going to jump right on into Raising Arizona. Raising Arizona came out April 17th, 1987, was rated PG-13, directed, produced, and written by uh, Joel and Ethan Cohen. They also did Barton Fink, The Hudsucker Proxy, Fargo, The Big Lebowski, Oh Brother Where Art Thou, No Country for Old Men, and the 2010 version of True Grit. Uh, Music was done by Carter Burwell, who does a lot of music for their movies. Uh, He also did Doc Hollywood, The Big Lebowski, Three Kings, No Country for Old Men, and the 2010 True Grit. Budget for this one was $6 million. The box office was $29.2 million. Nicolas Cage played H.I. McDonough. Hi. 
he was in Leaving Las Vegas, The Rock, Con Air, Moonstruck, Face Off, National Treasure, and Kick-Ass. Holly Hunter played Ed, uh, short for Edwina, just so we're clear. Uh, what kind of name is Ed? She was in The Incredibles, The Piano, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou, and Batman vs. Superman, Dawn of Justice, or Bivis Dodge. What was she in there? She was one of the, like the senator. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I'm back. Yeah. Man. Uh, Trey Wilson, who died in 1989, played Nathan Arizona Sr. And if you can't find, if you can find better prices somewhere else, my name ain't Nathan Arizona. Uh, he was the voice of Aragorn in the animated Lord of the Rings movie from 1978. He was also a police officer in FX. He was in Bull Durham and in a movie called Great Balls of Fire. John Goodman played Gail Snotes. He was in Revenge of the Nerds, Arachnophobia, King Ralph, Roseanne, The Big Lebowski, and Monsters, Inc. Uh, William Forsyth played Evel Snotes. He was in Once Upon a Time in America, Dick Tracy, The Rock, Boardwalk Empire. Sam McMurray played Glenn. He was in National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, The Wizard, L.A. Story, Adam's Family Values, and the TV show Dinosaurs. Frances McDormand played Dot. She was in Mississippi Burning, Fargo, Almost Famous, Burn After Reading. Randall Tex Cobb played Leonard Smalls. He was in The Golden Child, Ernest Goes to Jail, Ace Ventura, and Liar Liar. And finally, M. Emmett Walsh played the machine shop Earbender. He was in The Jerk, The Blade, uh, Blade Runner, Fletch, Wildcats, Back to School, and Harry and the Hendersons, which we will actually be talking about, I think it's next week. Yeah, Harry and the Hendersons Harry next week. The, yeah. All right. All right uh, Rotten Tomatoes gave this one a 90. Critics gave it a 90%. Audience gave it an 85%. Siskel gave it a thumbs up, saying the film was, quote, uh, as good-looking as it is funny, and that, quote, despite some slow patches, it actually was a decent movie. Uh, Ebert gave it one and a half stars, did not like it, and he said, What Racing Arizona needs more than anything else is more velocity. Here's a movie that stretches out every moment for more than it's worth, until even the moments of inspiration seem forced. Since the basic idea of the movie is a good one, and there are talented people in the cast, what we have here is a film shot down by its own forced and mannered style. Cinema Score gave it a B. Awards for this one, it was nominated for... Uh, an American Comedy Award in 1988 for Funniest Actor in a Motion Picture, Nicolas Cage, and then the National Society of Film Critic Awards in 1988 gave it second place for Best Screenplay and third place for Best Actress, Holly Hunter. Um, and actually, that, I'm looking at that now. She did not win... I don't know why that's an award that's listed for this movie then. She won Best Actress for Broadcast News, which came out the same year. Mm. So... She won the award. The movie didn't win the award. Um, Young Artist Award. It was nominated for Young Artist Award for Best Family Motion Picture. Continuing the trend of the 1987 movies that put babies in mortal danger, Raising Arizona is the story of ex-con H.I. McDonough and his wife, Ed, a former police officer, who are unable to have a child of their own. So when it's a battle of man versus nature and nature has won, what do you do? You steal a baby. Son, you got a panty on your head. Just drive fast, kid. Turn to the right! The first time I met Ed was in the county lockup in Tempe, Arizona. You're a flower, you are. A day I'll never forget. I do. You bet I do. Okay, then. My lawless years were behind me. Our child-rearing years lay ahead. But... Biology conspired to keep us childless. You go right back up there and get me a toddler. I need a baby hive. I got more than I can handle. At the time, Ed's little plan seemed like the solution to all our problems. And the answer to all our prayers. He's beautiful. What? Are you kidding? We got us a family here. 
I want Nathan Jr. back. What's his name? Ed Jr. Hi, Jr. So far, we've just been using Jr. We call him Jr. <laughs> He's out there somewhere. Hold on, Nathan. We're gonna go pick up Daddy. I've been taking these huggies and uh, whatever cash you got. <laughs> you busted out of jail. We released Rashad on our own recognizance. What Double here is trying to say is that we felt the institution no longer had anything to offer us. <gasps> we got a child now. Everything's changed. Yeah! Where's Junior? <laughs> Who the hell are you? I'm a fan. We're absolutely going to get him back. There just ain't no question about that. Give me that baby, you warthog from hell! <laughs> and you want to know another thing? I'm going to be a better person from here on out. Let's go get Nathan Jr. Raising Arizona, a comedy beyond belief. Well, it ain't Ozzy and Harriet. So this movie was influenced by the works of director Preston Sturgis, uh, who back in the, I think it was the 30s, did a movie called The Great McGinty, uh, and the writings of William Faulkner, who did The Sound and the Fury and As I Lay Dying. Um, the bane of high school students everywhere. I don't know if they still read As I Lay Dying in high school. Did you have to read that? I didn't read that. You didn't read it? Okay, we did. Um, and then Flannery O'Connor, uh, who wrote several, a couple of books, but the uh, short, the one that I have uh, and I've read several times is the short story collection, A Good Man is Hard to Find. So they're all very southern voices, like 1930s, kind of, you know, earlier in the century southern voices. Uh, to create the character's dialect, Joel and Ethan Cohen created a hybrid of local dialects, and they assumed like some of the reading material of the characters would have been like magazines and the Bible. So they kind of they read a whole bunch of magazines, they read the Bible, and then they sat down, and I think it took them two months to finish the script. Um, Nicholas Cage said that Joel and Ethan Cohen have a very strong vision. Quote, Joel and Ethan have a very strong vision, and I've learned how difficult it is to accept another artist's vision. They have an autocratic nature. So apparently they didn't get along very well hmm. when they were making the movie, because I guess Nicholas Cage came in with some ideas on how his character could be, and, yeah. and they just said, no, stick to the script. So there you go. H.I.'s um, work uniform logo shows that he works for a company called Hudsucker Industries, which becomes the setting of a later uh, Coen Brothers movie, The Hudsucker Proxy, with Tim Robbins. Uh, that one's in 1994, so it'll be a while till we get to that one. According to Ethan Cohen, Nicolas Cage was crazy about his Woody Woodpecker haircut uh, and that it reacted to H.I.'s stress level. So the bigger danger he's in, the bigger wave he gets in his hair, which I didn't realize that watching the first time. I, I like, didn't, but that's Why funny. is his hair so crazy now? Like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the shot in which the camera moves in on Florence, Arizona, when she discovers that Nathan Jr., I think it was Nathan Jr., uh, is gone is a direct homage to The Evil Dead from 1981, uh, a movie in which Joel Cohen was an assistant editor with Sam Raimi. Uh, the Arizona screenplay is full of unlikely literary references. Gail and Evel Snopes, the jailbreakers played by John Goodman and William Forsyth, evoke the low-life Snopes family, the Snopes family, from William Faulkner's stories. Um, <clears throat> I'm, I'm not just spouting all this off. That's coming from, you know, some of this is in my brain, but it's coming from Wikipedia and other fairly, yeah. fairly credible sources that hey, I've, uh, that I've double checked. Uh, John Steinbeck's of Mice and Men has a Lenny Small, um, who is a destructive giant with a fondness for small animals and rabbits in Raising Arizona. You have Leonard Smalls, the lone biker of the apocalypse who yeah. 
apparently blows up rabbits with hand grenades. And, <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think that's that's what I got in terms of the background for this movie. So let's just get into uh, what do you think? You now I saw this as a kid, right? So I've seen this growing up, and I've seen it several times. This was your first time watching. It was so my first time watching it. So what do you think? Um, so it, it, chronologically. And, and so it's funny because now, you, you know, you, I'm, it really just kind of dawned on me that this is a comedy. And I think my problem is I don't know if I like comedies. And then I'm going to say that like fully tongue firmly planted in cheek because there's some things that like I can just laugh my head off with. But I think sometimes comedy is just a really narrow band. of. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to put this together. I think it's. Comedy can be very selective. You got to be very careful. I think comedy is very hard. I think it's very hard to be a stand-up comedian. Um, I think it's 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 some people. There's a lot of overlap, but in like action movies mm-hmm. or adventure movies, where yeah. okay, some people might sort of <laughs> like it, some people might really like it, but you know you can kind of fold a lot of people into it. I think comedy is tough because it's almost like you you don't really sort of like it. It's either you like it or you don't. There's there's different senses of, senses of humor. Right. Yeah. Like, do, do you know what like I'm saying? Like I like a good dark comedy every right. every now and then, but there are some dark comedies that I'm like, yeah, no. And it's, so you get what I'm saying? That mm-hmm. looks way too many words yeah. to say, but like you know, you don't have like a sense of action or a sense of adventure. It's a okay. Well, you know what? James Bond isn't really totally my. Th- I'm, this isn't me, but mm-hmm. James Bond isn't really totally right. my thing. But I can go enjoy the movies and okay, yeah, right. that was fun. Or Okay, I'm not a Star Wars like Tammy. She's like mm-hmm. she's not like a Star Wars nerd right. like us, but she can go and enjoy Star Wars. Right. I think with comedy, I think it's you either like I said, you either love it or you don't. And so like with this movie, I'm gonna launch into my answer now. With this movie, I started watching it, and okay, the beginning I was kind of chuckling, like when he mm-hmm. kept going to jail and he uh, kept coming back, and then Ed was taking his picture and the same thing, and mm-hmm. then all of a sudden she's crying because she broke, and, you know, mm-hmm. she broke up with him, and just the way they filmed it. Turn right? to the right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Turn to the right. Yeah, and then he keeps coming in, mm-hmm. and the guy keeps growling at him that's mopping yeah. the floor, and even the way they filmed that scene just had a real nice rhythm to it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it flowed, it was great. And so I'm like, okay, this is fun, you know, and okay, the characters are a little bit silly, and all right, that's fine, and I was kind of chuckling to myself. And then it got into the story, and I have to be honest, I started like, I started like, you know, looking at my watch, I'm just like, okay, I'm, I'm not laughing. Like this really, mm-hmm. like, okay, so they, they, they're going to go steal a baby, and I, I, I'm not saying that premise got to me, mm-hmm. but... You know, it was just. You like, don't like it when babies are put in danger, anyway. Yeah, so. I don't like that anyway. Right. And then I'm like, okay, am I just being a cliche? You know. And then it was just like, and that's when I think I texted you, like, hey, I'm watching the movie. And then you're like, oh, great. And I was gonna launch into something, mm-hmm. but I'm like, you know what? It's a new year. I want to turn over a new leaf. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be every movie's awesome or mm-hmm. every movie is crap. You know. So I'm just like, okay, I'm gonna give it another chance. I'm gonna take a deep breath. Yeah. I went on Rotten Tomatoes, 90. percent Oh my gosh. You know that. I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. clearly I'm not getting this movie. Mm-hmm. And so I went back and I kept watching. And the motorcycle guy, okay, he made me chuckle. And then I think it was turned the corner when John Goodman came on screen. Mm-hmm. Uh, because 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 his character reminded me of of, of uh, Walter Sochek in uh, Big Lebowski. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. I'm just like, okay, this is this is cracking me up again. And and then I just kind of took a deep breath and was like, okay, it's a comedy. That means that, you know, stop cheering for Nicolas Cage to finally do the right thing because his character won't be comedic if he does. Right. You know, I mean, it was like, and that was getting me to, like, oh, come come on, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then it turned a corner, and then I really started to kind of enjoy it and laugh, and some of the chase scenes were funny. Um, when the, the friends came over, 
mm-hmm. it started like have you done this and I think right. I think that's when if you've had kids right um you've got that where people will come over well this is what we do and okay if you're potty training oh you've got mm-hmm. to do this method because this is the method that we're and it and so finally and you know and that character was kind of funny because he kept trying to tell Polish jokes and they mm-hmm. weren't funny and then he finally right. just gets slugged in the face so it's like okay yeah. that that was kind of good <laughs> again good. and then I, I will I, I had to go to a doctor's appointment the other day yeah and the doctor was like how long has it been since you've had your uh, tetanus booster? Yeah. And I was like, I, I don't know. Yeah. Why don't we just do one so we yeah. can just say it was done and taken care of. So we, when he said, yeah, so we'll, we'll just go ahead and take care of that. So we'll get that done for you. And, I, and I'm sitting there, I'm going, would that be my dip tet? <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. And so, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, this is such a long narrative, but it no. really was like all this was going on. And then. And then I'm like, okay, there's some funny parts to chase. And then the Dr. Spock book. I think it's hilarious mm-hmm. that they kept grabbing the Dr. Yeah. Spock book. No, those are the instructions. Those were the instructions, which, if I understand correctly, that was like the book that every parent got. Yeah. That was like, and so for this generation. That was like, I mean, I don't, I don't know if your wife did, but I remember we went out and bought like the what to expect when you're expecting. Yes. And the, like that type yeah. of, you know, I, th- I think that was the one probably for like, our generation, or yeah. maybe a little bit before, yeah. but and yeah, so, I think the Doctor Spock book was because I, I I think my parents had a copy of it too. I'm oh, not 100 percent sure. And I remember my parents pulling that thing out when mm-hmm. someone was sick or someone, you know. And yeah. honestly, it's it's even the books now that you read, like you know what to expect, and mm-hmm. this happens at this. And um, I would always tease Tammy with those books mm-hmm. and be like, uh, you know, she'd say, "Well, this," and I'd say, "Well, unless the kids have read that book, how do they know that that's what they're right. supposed to?" And she's like, mm-hmm. "Yeah, you know." And, <laughs> But the Dr. Spock, like that. So right. for that to show up in the movie, I'm mm-hmm. like, that's funny. Like, get the Dr. Spock book. <laughs> and I think they even grabbed it out of the car yeah. with the when the paint thing blew up uh-huh. and everything. Um, yeah. So like, yeah. Once that happened, then it was then it was okay. It was funny again. And you know, the, the whole part of they, them abducting a kid. Okay, they tried to return it, and then and then I got to be honest. It kind of it moved into its third iteration. From I was annoyed to okay, I'm laughing at it again. To that end sequence with Nicolas Cage mm-hmm. talking about his dream. His and final various, dream. Yeah. I was really, I mean, I was really moved by that. Mm-hmm. And so that almost seemed like a, why is that in this movie? I mean, mm-hmm. that's kind of the wish of, and that's kind of a cool thing. Like, okay, imagine, okay, we're just young kids now. Okay, mm-hmm. we're just starting off with babies. But now let's imagine we're the grandparents. Right. You know, and as you. We, we made a mistake, but what might our life look like going forward? Yeah. From this horrible mistake we almost made. And, and, and. and and that, and, and like, as someone that's, okay, I'm not quite a kid anymore, mm-hmm. you know, maybe I'll be an adult sometime soon, but I mean, okay, no at hurt. some point, like, okay, my parents are the grandparents, mm-hmm. and now at some point, I'm going to be, most likely, uh, right. possibly, I could be a grandpa. So, I mean, that seemed suddenly hit me, and I, I was suddenly lost in thought and having all these deep thoughts, so <laughs> that was my entire odyssey. So you went, you went from screwball comedy yeah. to, annoyed. I don't think I like this movie, yeah. to, oh, God, this is beautiful. Yeah. To Well, to back to comedy and laughing, to, right. wow, this is beautiful, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, like I said, I had a real... I had a deeply moving thing from, you know, with this movie. I mm-hmm. that was That was the thing, so... I, I, I don't know how concise that was, but that was that. Was, them were my thoughts. Mm-hmm. Well, and I, I like I said, I, I watched this as a kid. I mean, I remember watching this. I don't know if we watched it. We probably didn't watch it in the theater when it came out, but I probably as soon as it was on VHS, I'm sure we okay. watched it on TV. And because I, I know I've seen this several times, 
And I like a lot of their earlier movies. Like, I mean, I like Big Lebowski. I like, right. um, you know, Fargo. I've never actually seen all of Fargo, but the f- parts that I like, I thought were funny. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't liked a lot of their later movies. Okay. Um, I, for me, liking the Coen Brothers movies kind of kind of stops with um, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Okay. Which is kind of I think it's like late '90s, might be 1998 when that one came out. Okay. Um, I think that's the last of theirs that I've liked. And admittedly, I haven't seen a lot of them. I think they had another one with George Clooney called Intolerable uh, Cruelty. Okay. They had another, they did a remake of an old one called The Lady Killers. And actually, um, my wife and I walked out of that movie. It was so bad. We left. Okay. And it's the same kind of like screwball comedy type thing as, as this one. Their style of comedy and just something about the movie, we just... And I rarely ever walk out of movies. There's only been maybe two movies my entire life that I've walked out of. Okay. Um, that was one of them. What was the other one? Uh, History of Violence. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't know if I've seen that. Did, did not care for that one at all. In fact, it, it just got so ridiculous that we just got up and we're like, nope, done. Yeah. Because something, something about, I, I don't remember exactly um, what it was that kind of set us off. Well, I, I can't remember what it was that started to set us off in the movie. But there were just certain things that then all of a sudden something happened between the husband and the wife mm-hmm. in the movie. And I'm just like, what? Are you kidding? No. Yeah. After everything else that's happened, they're not going to be you know, enjoying yeah. each other's company while clothes are flying on the floor. Yeah. No. That's just yeah. ridiculous. And I think it was at that point that we were just we were both like, nope, out of here. We'll go get our money back and go see something better. Um, but I like a lot of their other I like a lot of their other earlier movies, The Hudsucker Proxy. Um, oh Brother Where Art Thou uh, we used to watch all the time and I think that's have you ever seen it? I have yet to see that oh actually. you gotta see that one yeah. that okay. one's good that's on Netflix um, now I think so yeah I think so yeah, yeah. It's, it's the same style it's like if you took this movie and the same kind of everybody's speech is very elevated and it sounds like people are talking like right out of the Bible or the dictionary and you know, 1930s 1920s 1930s you know rural mm-hmm. southern area and uh, so everybody's, you know, everybody's language is very eloquent, and it's very, it's much higher than you would expect from a bunch right. of hillbillies. Right. Um, so that's uh, this one reminds me a lot of uh, Oh Brother Where Art Thou? Okay. With that kind of stuff, and it's the same kind of thing. There's some of that screwball comedy kind of thrown in there, and actually, they the movie they did before this, um, I'm going to blank out on what it was called. I think it was called Blood Simple. Okay. Um, was like a, a crime thriller type movie and then when they finish that they're like okay that was good let's do something totally different so then they did this one okay they're like let's just do crazy comedy you know um, he's gonna st- they can't have a child so he's gonna steal a baby that's have, our idea and let's go let's have, write it from there have they always done have they do they other than well you just said they didn't mm-hmm. but since then have they always done or have they been associated with more uh, some of their action oriented movies off, off and on because okay. I'll go back to the list of movies that they've done and it's been I thought I saw um, Bridge of Spies associated with is, that name. Is Bridge of Spies? Um, Fargo, Big Lebowski, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? And then they've got No Country for Old Men and yeah. True Grit have been a couple of their newer okay. ones. Well, um, let me jump in real quick to the to their list. But as you're searching, that's almost to the point that I was trying to make, and you made it much more eloquently. You know, you said you really like this movie, you really like that movie, you mm-hmm. listed a bunch. But then there was one that, that you said they did that just you didn't find it funny at all. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the thing with comedy. It's really, right. you know, it's not like, oh, okay, I'm sort of getting this. I'll enjoy it. It's just like, I don't find this funny. I'm out. Mm-hmm. Yet there's no c- comedy award at the Oscars, right? Right. 
I, which well, or it's like comedy and an, it's like combined. It's like yeah. comedy and or something. But but the interesting thing about that is if comedy is really the hardest thing or one of the more challenging mediums to get right, it's funny mm. that it's not thought of in the same. Oh well, that's not a dramatic role, or yeah. that's not a. Yeah, I don't think there is a, an Oscar specifically for comedy. Yeah. Yeah. No. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, so I mean, I I like this movie, and I like the just like the the little quirkiness of this movie, and like the <clears throat> I think this is one of those movies where I hear the the little almost like a throwaway line that somebody says, and if you're not thinking, you won't catch it. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's it's stuff that, and the way they deliver it is just it's it's a very straight faced. Almost deadpan, <clears throat> you know. Some of the lines, like, and I'm kind of getting into quotes here, but that's one of the things I think I really like about this movie is is those little one-liners and the, the other is like uh, even just something as simple as, "What about these balloons? They blow up in funny shapes." Mm-hmm. Well, not unless you think round is funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then he gets back to the car and he's like, and and then John Goodman's character is like, "These blow up into funny shapes." Nah, just circular. <laughs> just circular. That's right. That's but right. I think it's little little stuff like that. Like I think the one thing that the Cohen brothers do really well is they take a joke mm-hmm. and they're able to like oh. drop little pieces of that joke oh, yeah. throughout the rest of the oh, movie yeah. to the point where if you're still paying attention, if you like, if you heard that at the beginning of the movie, and you're still paying attention. And later on, you like they, they drop that little joke, like the Doctor Spock book. Yeah. You know, they they have that recurring oh, yeah. comedic thing that drops back into the movie at different times. You're just like, ah, there I, it is. I get it. I see what you're doing. Big there. Lebowski is full of that stuff. <clears throat> oh I yeah. Remember, you know, when we when we did that, he was talking about that. It's like, yeah, they keep calling upon jokes or expanding mm-hmm. and working the material, and yeah, that was pretty. Uh, that was pretty good. So, one thing, and I know sometimes we don't uh, we don't like to necessarily get into you know, deeper meanings of movies if there's not necessarily a deeper meaning. But as I was reading up on this, um, some people have tried to argue that there's a deeper criticism of Ronald Reagan and Southern culture in this movie. Okay. Um, when the Coen brothers were actually asked about that, um, people have said that they don't like to really talk about deeper meanings to their movies. They just, they just say, oh, we just make movies. Um, and they have said when they were asked about that for uh, Raising Arizona... They said um, it's like a real cheap and shameless bid to make uh, at making a commercial movie. Um, so they told American Film Magazine, "We just decided to sell out, and that was the first decision." So we just made a comedy. Like there's no deeper meaning to it. But there are there are things in the movie where it's the Doctor Spock book, mm-hmm. where it's you know the reason I knock over convenience stores is because you know that guy Reagan's in the White House, okay. or you know you've got some other. You got some other stuff that shows up here and there in the movie. Yeah. Does that? How do you feel about that? Do you do you want there to be a deeper meaning? A deeper I, meaning to the movie, or can you? Are you fine with it just being? I I think I'm fine with it being what it is. Yeah. I mean, and that was kind of like, and that that was my problem. What did we talk about with the alien in the trunk and they were driving Repo Man? Yeah, Repo Man. Is that you know there was there was you know the the. the supposed to be big political overtones in mm-hmm. there and all that. I don't I don't necessarily I don't necessarily see a lot of those things. Mm-hmm. Now, I mean when I um, when I sit down to see the movies. Now, if someone says, "Well, that's cuz they're so creatively buried and worked in there and all that." Well, okay, but if it's so creatively buried, then and no one's seeing it, does it really exist? Right. Speaking of deep thoughts, right. you know. And so, I mean, are they are they making a comment about southern culture? Okay, 
maybe, but then is it really that hidden? I mean, it looks like mm -hmm. it's a complete, you know, they're they're kind of ripping right. on everybody and making everyone from the south seem a little bit silly. Right. You know, that's kind of what they've they're got, doing. They're they're silly, and a lot of them are really not all that smart. Yeah. But they've got, you know, just like they said, they, they, everybody talks like they're straight out of the Bible. Right. You know, it's this very, it's almost, the, you know, Bible translations. It's like right. King James Bible. Right. Is the old, it's got the these and thous and thys and all that stuff. And it's like everybody talks at that level, like a Shakespearean mm -hmm. level. But it's a bunch of country people. Yeah, which, I mean. Which I could say without offending anybody because that's where I'm from. Right. It, it, and it's like, okay, it, yeah, I don't. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I mean, to me, that's what I always thought was funny about it. Okay, was yeah. you've got these, you've got these southern country people, like people that you wouldn't think of. Like if you passed High on the street, you know, if if Ed and High were walking down the street and you passed them, you wouldn't think when he get when he kind of delivers his little monologues mm -hmm. where he's talking about different things and he's you know talking about his thoughts and. Um, you know, and the way he kind of phrases everything, which was what Roger Ebert didn't like about this movie. I think if you pass them on the street, you wouldn't expect them to have like that sophisticated a, a language. Yeah. And to me, that's kind of what's funny about this is like, yeah, you've got these people that they don't look like they should know these words and this right. vocabulary, but they do. And that's, that's kind of funny. Yeah. And so I, I guess I don't, I mean, I get that, and that is funny, and that's part of the humor, but then I don't see that as some big heating meaning. Like, I'm not walking right. out of this movie with, Oh wow, that means this, and this this piece has fallen into place. Mm -hmm. and so I there were a lot of articles that I found where they were trying to talk about this movie as if it was a metaphor for childhood and how you're raised and how you behave, like behavior based on how you're raised by your parents. And that they a couple people pointed things out. They're like, well, if you if you notice, there are several times that the adults cry in the movie. Baby never cries. Mm -hmm. There's the scene, where, and, th and this one I picked up on, but I don't know that I, you know, saw that there was this huge thread of something throughout the entire movie. Was when you at the beginning of the movie, and he's in the baby's room, and he's like crawling under the bed to pull the baby out. Then you get to the end of the movie where Leonard Smalls is pulling him out from under the truck. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, that's, that's like the exact same shot. Yeah. But I'm not sitting there thinking, is that a metaphor for that high is really an immature child? Yeah. And he's going to grow up and, and he's going to learn from this and he's going to be an adult. and it, Maybe. But yeah, when people say it's like a, it's like a criticism of Reagan, I'm like... Yeah, you're going to have to I, connect the dots. Yeah, somebody's going to have to explain that to me because um, there was also a, a YouTube video where somebody said that this... It was a... Something about the movie was a... Um, something about like a hidden racist... Um, Message or something like that, based on the woodpecker tattoos. Okay. That that was supposed to be the tattoo of a of a white supremacist gang or something like that. And I'm like, okay. okay. Yeah, and I mean, if <laughs> the the vast majority of the public is not going to know that, yeah. So, I mean, you know, so if it is, I mean, <clears throat> if it is fine, and then good for you for finding that deeper meaning, but I, I don't care. Yeah, this I, looks like Woody Woodpecker to me. Yeah, that's kind of what I saw. So again, I don't know about the deeper meanings, and and okay, maybe I'm just a maybe I'm just a simpleton and, mm -hmm. and all that. But I mean, if I mean, I guess I think of metaphors or similes or mm -hmm. or, or, or or parables, if you will, mm -hmm. are supposed to be stories or comparisons or something that take a complex idea and simplify it down, mm -hmm. so that you can then take it and go back to that complex idea. Whereas this is taking a 
complex idea and, and trying to shove it into something simple. Yeah, and and it's kind of like well, it's like a for meta instead of a metaphor. It's it's backwards. It is well, and it's and, and that word may be legal in Scrabble. Go check. I think we <laughs> pull it out, man. Yeah. And when you check, you'll be so happy you'll smoil. Yeah, I will smoil. Yeah. <laughs> The, Smoil all over the place. Yeah, I just I'm, I'm shaking my head. This isn't going to work with the audio. Me. I keep fine. squinting and shaking my head. Like I'm, I'm not. Like I said, what what's the big concept you're trying to teach me? Mm-hmm. Then show me the metaphor. Right. But if you're trying to like just put a metaphor out there and then have me guess at what concept you mean, mm-hmm. then I'm not going. I'm 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 just mm-hmm. not I'm just not seeing it. I'm, so let's go from deeper meaning to crazy theory time. Okay. Okay. Conspiracy theory. All right, man. Here. Uh, how does Leonard Smalls, the lone biker of the apocalypse, relate to H.I.? Is I, he is he H.I.'s imagination? Is he is he H.I.? Is he a part of H.I.'s psyche? Is he like the part of H.I. that if he went fully bad, that would be him? Is he? I'm sorry, I, 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 read this, I read this. I read this. Yeah, actually. Okay. Um, and I read this, uh, a couple of people have said, well, I, I think that the the biker of the apocalypse, the Leonard Smalls character, I, I think that that could be Nathan Jr. Like if he grew up with High, like that's what he would become. And so there are all these people out there like say, well, I thought Leonard Smalls was, was H.I.'s father. Or like they had all these like crazy weird theories. Yeah. Who do you think the lone biker of the apocalypse is? I don't know. I kept trying to figure out why he disappeared so quick. Like, I mean, that's mm-hmm. always the thing. That's always the thing where I get a little bit literal. Like, uh, right. you know, I'm actually with the comb in the desert. I'm mm-hmm. just like, well, how did that happen? Mm-hmm. Then I'm like, okay, I gotta let that go. And so, right. I don't know. Again, it <laughs> maybe maybe I'm uh, maybe I'm approaching this wrong. But again, it just sounds like discussing movies to the point that, which is cool, but. I don't necessarily think that's a conspiracy theory. I think that's a what if. Like, hey, do you think he would end up being mm-hmm. H.I.'s son? Okay, maybe. But I, I don't there needs to be a whole discussion. Like, right. I think before someone publishes that theory, yeah. there needs to be the discussion. You need to be you need to be party to that discussion. To how did we get to that point? Right. And I don't think I mind. I don't mind the idea that he came out of H.I.'s imagination. Okay. Like that he had that dream about him and then all of a sudden, based on the dream, he's real. Yeah. And that's kind of a thing from the Coen Brothers movies is like while while these movies take place in reality, there's a little bit of like a weird magic yeah. to them. Yeah. Like in all the movies, like there's some weird, uh, oh, brother, where art thou? The devil shows up. And he, okay. he, he looks like a person, but yeah. it's supposed to be the devil and yeah. he shows up. And there's other times where there's some like weird, almost magical stuff right. that's going on. So it's like a little a little bit of a blending of reality and yeah. and magic. And I'm okay with that. Like, if, if yeah. he, if that's part of his psyche, that like this is, you know, this is all of the bad that I could possibly be. And I'm, and, and literally and figuratively at the end of the movie, he's fighting his bad side. Okay. To come out the other end and, and say, okay, I'm not going to be a criminal anymore. I'm not going to do this stuff. This is, right. If I take everything bad that I, the knocking over liquor stores, the, the you know, convenience stores, the whatever, if I took that and I continued going down the path I'm going and, and like went full tilt towards bad, mm-hmm. towards crime, this is what I would be. And at the end, I'm, I'm fighting myself to try to overcome that. I'm, I'm okay with that. And I'm okay with his his imagination and his thoughts yeah. becoming real and turning into a person. But... Yeah, see, and... and um, some of the other stuff is a little weird. Like yeah, yeah. Him, him being his father or him being the baby grown up or... Yeah, I... I like, eh, that stuff's I so. definitely too weird for me. And even yeah. my, my tolerance, it's just like, I wouldn't see that in the movie. Right. Like, if someone came along and said, well, actually... 
that's the manifestation of himself and da 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 I'd just be like no I think it's just a character in the movie and Supreme Leader Snoke from The Force Awakens is actually Wicked the Ewok that's there you go yeah. so there you go uh, there's a theory, theory out there <clears throat> I'm, so, I'm sure I'm sure <laughs> but uh, I guess I would me personally is always a funny statement me mm-hmm. personally as opposed mm-hmm. to me publicly right uh, me personally mm-hmm. I would be more apt to just say yeah it's just a character and he's the bad guy right and then it was just like oh, well, how do you explain all the things okay well then there's a little bit of magic mm-hmm. like I'm gonna go see a story with a little bit of magic right. as opposed to <clears throat> I don't need to this is him manifesting himself unless you're gonna show me like you know unless you're gonna show me somehow that that how that manifestation comes out of him mm-hmm. sort of like in Harry Potter where mm-hmm. you know they're holding the horcrux and that pulls the he does he does blow him he does blow him up with the grenade and he apologizes right before he blows him up so it's a part of his life he's going to miss yeah in a way I, I guess but again I don't know I'm just <laughs> yeah I know and I guess <clears throat> I'm playing devil's advocate here no and that's fine and and, and it, see it, it just comes down to a matter of opinion like right. so for, for me I'd just be like I guess I would rather see something real where if he's struggling with the demons don't make his demons that he's fighting mm-hmm. actually a demon that you know blows up things on a motorcycle mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff make it like him being torn do I go in and hold up that thing or do mm-hmm. I drive away do I right. go in and you know put down the liquor bottle and kick the friends out mm-hmm. and go in or do I like I would rather see which defeats the purpose of a comedy I guess but I guess I would rather see that struggle happening portrayed like it would be in real life not like okay well there's this mythical character and all that. so I'm not saying it's not the way that they intended it to be right. I'm just saying I don't see those things like right. to me he's just going to be kind of a silly biker guy that makes flowers catch on fire right which actually in Ghost Rider mm-hmm. with Nicolas Cage as okay. Ghost Rider right and it's been a long time since I've seen that movie. Apparently, there is a part where he rides by on his flaming motorcycle, yeah. and a lizard on the side of the road bursts into flames. Okay, as a throwback, which is like a callback. Okay, to, yeah. Well, and then the question <clears throat> would be, well, okay, if he's a manifestation of his evil, is he like really a manifestation of the evil? I'm gonna go full geek on this one, mm-hmm. where like Carnage is a manifestation of the evil from the Venom costume, or in Spider-Man, or is it like? Fight Club style, where that's really mm-hmm. Nicolas Cage all messed up, and then I'm going to ask some questions. Right. How did he show up in Arizona's office and have a discussion with him if he's just a figment right. of imagination? Right. How did he, you know, his two buddies his, from his imagination prison. brought to life? Yeah. So I, I just, that's just for me. I'm just like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Rah, rah. Yeah. But I don't want to be grumpy man about it. Oh it yeah. Just, no. I just don't see, I just don't see movies on that level. Right. Right. I, yeah. You're not looking for the conspiracy theory. Yeah. Yeah. Unless you're watching the movie Conspiracy, conspiracy theory, theory with Julia yeah. Roberts and um, Mel Gibson. And I guess I'd be totally willing to believe that there's conspiracy theories and, and mm-hmm. big forces at work out there, but I'm not going to believe in, you know, <laughs> mythical creatures and manifestations within your. Unless it's like a magic movie. Mm-hmm. And then if it's a magic movie... Unless like it's like the movie Le- Legend or yeah. Never Ending Story, which we know are like your favorites. It's totally my favorite. <laughs> just just show how it's supposed to come together. Right. Just show them getting the bullies. Right. Just show me how that comes together. Did it really happen? Did it happen? <laughs> just it, tell me. What's yeah. the, is the unicorn dead or is it... In the, yeah. I, hmm. Yeah. It's, Did see, the bullies get eaten? And that's... You know what? And that's what... You, you threw that down. That's yeah. where I'm reacting on this level. I'm yeah. just like, I didn't see it. I don't care. Right. <laughs> Whatever. I just, you know... You're magic realism all you want. I don't yeah. care. I'm just here for the comedy. Keep riding your motorcycle that's not a Harley calling it a Harley. <laughs> there you go. Well, see, that was the other part of the magic is <laughs> yeah. he's riding a Harley. That's not... That's right. Um, all right. So as we wrap this up, uh, favorite quotes? 
Okay. This movie to me is like really quotable. I, I I don't have a favorite one. I've got so many, but and like, I'm gonna struggle for somebody I'm, who's seen it for the first time. What, I, uh, what were some of the I can remember you? more scenes yeah. than I can uh, quotes. And I'm okay. sorry because no, 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 that no. does not. You're right because it is. There's so many things in mm-hmm. there that are. Just, but I'm thinking more scenes. Right. I mean, the guys are breaking out of, like any, the motorcycle yeah. when he's driving down the road mm-hmm. and it's just like, oh, here comes the big bad biker yeah. and all that kind of stuff. And he's like, lizards are blowing mm-hmm. up and grenades, up and then the flower just catches on flames. I know. But that, or when the guys break out of prison, mm-hmm. and there's just, ah, they're mm-hmm. all screaming, ah, ah, you know, and the, like, and then it's like. Is that a metaphor for them being birthed out of prison? <laughs> yes, it is, man. As they're, as they're coming right. up out of the ground and crying That's and right. screaming, and then he pulls the other one out by the foot. And, and did they actually go back to prison? Yeah. That was right, because they yeah, the went back the movie, in the yeah. hole. Yeah. Um, so the metaphor there is that they're not ready to come out of the womb yet. I, they, need, they need to grow more yeah. before they're fully matured and ready to be out in the world and. Again, you have to. Again, you have to present me with the main uh-huh. idea and then jump into the metaphor. But mm-hmm. I can't. I can't go reverse, man. I can't no. like see the metaphor and then be like, "What's the deeper meaning?" They're not. The ground is not giving birth to John Goodman in a field of mud. Yeah. No? Yeah. I okay. just. Yeah. So that was funny. I mean, I guess those were the two big scenes that that made me that made me chuckle. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I guess the the. The, the annoying neighbors that are friends that came over mm-hmm. that were just like, well, have you done this yet? Have you done this yet? Yeah. So, yeah, I would guess the stuff with the Arizona, like, I mean, it was almost like they rewrote him as like a more sensible character at the end. In the beginning, it was just like, mm-hmm. okay, so he's got five kids and he doesn't pay any attention to them. Right. Yeah, I'm going to stay home to play with my kids and they're up in the right. trip. Right. I was, that, I was just more like, I'm sorry, my pension for, I don't no. like seeing kids messed with, but I right. was like, this isn't funny. Like, right. this is, you know. Right. And is his wife supposed to be kind of like a dingbat? Or is his wife supposed to be sort of like an uh, all-in-the-family where well, she just the, deals with him like they deal with Archie right. Bunker? Well, I'm, I'm wondering, and obviously I've not read the Dr. Spock book. Right. You know, that was not not necessarily our generation. But there was, um, was that Dr. Spock or was it somebody? I think it was somebody else. The whole idea of if you, if you put your baby to sleep and the baby starts crying, like I think nowadays, I mean, our kids are a little bit older now, but... Yeah. I think nowadays the you know you go in and you reassure the child and you you know okay. pick them up a little bit and you did, but I want to say that like back then it was no you leave them there and you let them cry themselves to sleep, yeah. and it almost is like some of that more hands off yeah. parenting like no let them tough through it they'll they'll yeah. get they'll get through it it'll be okay I'm almost wondering if that like that's the why they were because then if if they're looking at that book and they're, they're, if everybody's reading the Doctor Spock book and they're like. Well, the book says we should just sit here. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Maybe that's that was that was partly my guess. Partly was you know they just they had these five kids yeah. they don't know what to do with them and yeah. The other part of it is I wonder if that's a little bit of a you know, like a social criticism that's like well they've read this book and they're following the instructions of the book where yeah they sit there and they're like should we go check on them yeah sounds like Larry <laughs> yeah well and, and the full funny thing about that I don't know what it is with your kids like. We try and you, you try and run the gamut. Mm-hmm. What do they need? Do they need you know? Because right. there was one time we're like, oh, we're gonna let Dominic cry it out. Like mm-hmm. five hours later, I'm like, yeah, he's not. He's, yeah, he's not crying it out. It's not. And then it's just like, uh, you know, like he would, you know, the Danielle will wake up and it's just like I'm hungry, and it's just like, well, try and make it till the morning. Mm-hmm. We hear a stomach growl. Okay, so that's. I mean, that's. Right. So I don't know when you say that. That's kind of yeah. you know like the what's the right thing to do with the kids sleeping through but yeah so maybe that's what it was yeah. I don't even remember what the original question was sorry that was just favorite scenes and oh it, yeah, yeah favorite scenes yeah so those are the ones that yeah. bug me what about okay. you man tell lay some I, quotes on oh, me make man. me laugh I guess, 
son, you got a panty on your head. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's right. And I like, I mean, I think part of the reason that I like this and I like the old old brother where art thou is I'm from the South. Yeah. And so some of this stuff where people, you know, they're talking maybe much higher than what you would expect their education level to be. Yeah. Is the way that some people really are in the South. And even if somebody's highly educated down in the South, you just, and and I I love the Texas accent, Mm -hmm. but you hear that accent and Mm -hmm. you immediately like deduct intelligence points. <laughs> I think that was actually a Jeff Foxworthy thing. Okay. Like, you know, you hear that accent, you're like, you immediately deduct 50 IQ points. <laughs> oh, and I think his thing was, he was it's, like, well, because nobody wants their brain surgeon to be like, all right, now what we're going to do is <laughs> we're going to root around in here with a stick and see if we can't find that clock. <laughs> so I think part of it is just like hearing, because if, if, you know, if you had somebody just say, son, you've got a panty on your head, it's yeah. not quite as funny <laughs> as the guy in the truck just being like, son, yeah. You got a panty on your head. <laughs> and then you got the old guy in the in the bank. When yes. they get to the bank at the end, he's yeah. like, all right, everybody on the floor. Everybody freeze. Get down on the floor. Yeah. Well, which is it, son? Freeze yeah. or get down on the floor? Because if I freeze, <laughs> I, I can't, can't get, get down, down on, on the, the floor. floor. And if I get down on the floor, <laughs> I'm going to be in motion. <laughs> I'm going to be in motion. I know. And well, then the tellers disappear. And he's like, oh, where did they go? <laughs> We're down, down here. here. <laughs> No, the one stick up where it's like you're gonna count was it to 980, yeah. and that was it. And then they drove away, yeah. and then the baby, and then it's on the roof, and then there's more <laughs> screaming. That's the screaming comes yeah. back. You're right. I mean, uh, yeah. yeah, and this is where I started laughing because then I was yeah. like in like this is what I loved about the Big Lebowski. Like yeah. this, that's when I started laughing at this movie. Again. Yeah. But then the guy's counting, and his counting oh, is timing that scene. <laughs> I know, <laughs> and you're right. And but then, but then, and he gets the, up and he sees him coming back. But he sees him coming back, and that's the whole thing. They like it's like it's like they score a touchdown. That whole scene is a, scoring the touchdown, yeah. and when he stands up and sees him driving back, yeah. that's a two point conversion right. because he's just like oh, oh, and he jumps back down like they're starts coming, and they're screaming as they're uh-huh. coming back, and he's like oh man. They, and what, what was the last thing? And we will check yeah. or something like that. And he's I'm going to be back in five minutes to check and make sure you're still counting. Which, okay, so, and, and now here's here's your metaphor. So is that like a parent putting a kid to bed saying, I'm go. coming back in five minutes? I'm going to check in five and minutes so, make sure your lights are off and you're sure you're still. Mm-hmm. And so, and maybe, you know. And this so, entire, throw out the Dr. Spock book. Forget yeah. the what to expect when you're expecting. Watch Raising Arizona. If you're about to have a baby, yeah. watch Raising Arizona. And see, so maybe that's, you know what, maybe that's what it is that, that the Coen brothers do that so well is that they present you with a, you know, like a theme, mm-hmm. and then everything. That's why their humor is so higher level. Is that everything will relate back to mm-hmm. that theme in some yeah. way? So maybe it's not a metaphor for something, and when right. he, so he can sit there in good conscience and say, "Well, I don't have a bit deeper metaphor." Right. It's just that their comic, comic, their comedy, their comedy, yeah. the comedy, the comedy, yeah, is so high level that it it everything interrelates. It seems like a metaphor. Yeah, yeah. And, and just. Here's the thing, you know, the baby is the only thing that doesn't cry in this movie. Mm-hmm. All the adults do. In the Big Lebowski, the dude is always calm, and mm-hmm. Walter's always excited mm-hmm. until they're talking to each other. Right. And then the dude is always it's like, always, "Walter, come yeah. on, man!" Yeah. And Walter's like, "I'm calmer than you." Right. I'm calmer, than, you know. So they, that's where these guys <laughs> with the comedy and it, that it works is that mm-hmm. it, you know everything will relate back to a theme, mm-hmm. in in a way that makes you think, and then they'll get, present you characters, develop those characters. And then suddenly, mm-hmm. kind of like uh, cross, you know, cr- cross uh, cast them. They'll and be I, opposite of that. And I love, I love John Goodman in this movie. One of my favorite lines of the whole movie 
is when Ed's like, you, you mean you busted out of jail? No, ma'am. We released ourselves on our own recognizance. And then John Goodman says, what Evel here is trying to say is that we felt the institution no longer had anything to offer us. <laughs> That's right. And you were that scene uh, where you said he comes in and proposes. Yeah, that was funny. And, and again, it, it, I keep saying it has a rhythm, and I don't even know what that means, but it's just... When he when he goes in there and does and he mm-hmm. delivers the line, I heard. yeah, it, yeah, and then that it does. <laughs> it was, it's yeah. just they really and I can see where these guys would be autocratic. Was mm-hmm. that what he accused them? Yeah, yeah. Don't don't. I mean, I've also heard in that uh, West Wing podcast that Aaron mm-hmm. Sorkin was very much like you don't ad lib Aaron Sorkin's <laughs> right things. You'll, I've, well, I've got I've got a plan. <laughs> you don't mess with my plan. Yeah, and what what are we what are we sitting back mm-hmm. and what are we sitting back and. Uh, um, saying now these right. you know West Wing is 10 15 years old mm-hmm. and we're still talking about how awesome that show was this movie is 30 years old the big Lebowski and we're sitting there saying man it's just these scenes were created mm-hmm. well they probably they were, put a lot of were, thought into it they were well crafted you know uh, my last one um, and I like this one and I think I think if you're not listening to it you don't you don't catch what makes it funny mm-hmm. and it's when the reporters are there asking Nathan Arizona about the abduction anything else and Reporter says, Mr. Arizona, which tot was abducted? Uh, Nathan Jr., I think. Mm-hmm. I like that part where he's mm-hmm. not even sure which yeah. kid was abducted. Uh, anything to, to say to the kidnappers? Yeah, watch your butts. And then <laughs> this, this is the one that I loved. <laughs> it's rumored your son was abducted by UFOs. Would you care to comment? Don't, don't print that, son. If his mama reads that, she's just going to lose all hope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, because you're thinking it's like don't print that because that just sounds stupid. stupid, But but don't 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 print that, son. Because if if his mama reads that, she's just gonna lose all hope. Oh man, (laughs) that is yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, All right. Well, uh, you got anything else for raising Arizona? It's a great movie, and I, I, you know what? And here's and like I said, I I started off with my my soliloquy on the the range of it, and. I mean, I, I think that's almost proof that it's a, it makes you think. It's yeah. Now, and here's a deep thought. Why is, it that, why is it that a comedy that makes you think suddenly must have all these overtones? Mm-hmm. You know, it's almost like what, what I was saying before. Comedy doesn't seem to get any respect, like mm-hmm. dramas and all that other sort of stuff, when you don't realize that doing comedy is really, really hard. Mm-hmm. So now these guys come along, they're really good at it, it's very highbrow. It makes you right. think of it. So, well, it's got to have it's, it's got to have a deeper message. Right. I mean, it can't. There, no, maybe they're just trying to. There's make a us political laugh. criticism here, and yeah. A, yeah, maybe no. they're just trying to make you laugh. Right. But we think that well, laughter. Well, that that can't. Right. You know, it. it you know, it's got to have some kind of commentary to it. Right. You know? Right. I don't. I don't know. So, anyways, yeah, I think it's a great movie. Yeah. So, yeah. so if you're about to have a baby, go watch Raising Arizona because that's probably better than the Dr. Spock book. It's probably better than the What to Expect When You're Expecting or whatever yeah. whatever exists now. Um, in the meantime, if you want to find out more about us, uh, you can go to 30podcast.com. Um, we are uh, we got all of our stuff on the website there, ways to email us. Check us out on Twitter. Uh, we're at 30podcast, 30podcast at gmail.com. We're on Facebook, 30 Podcast. Uh, Stitcher, Satchel, Google Play Podcasts, iTunes. You can listen to it just directly from the website. All those different fun things. Um, next episode, come on back uh, next week, and we will be talking about Harry and the Hendersons. Now, have you seen Harry and the Hendersons? I have. You have. Okay. Like it? I did. I saw it as a kid. I don't think I've seen it since then. Okay. And I don't want to... Can we jump into spoilers, or should we wait? Let's wait. Let's wait. Let's wait. Let's wait. Anyways... If I'm thinking about what I'm thinking about, then I'm thinking that's probably why I didn't see it again. Okay. 
Well, and then in two weeks, yeah. we have that family classic over the top. <laughs> That's right. I have mm-hmm. not seen that, but I'm excited. It's, it's been a long time. And I will say, it's this is a tough movie to track down. Uh, I was trying yeah. to find a copy of it, and um, yeah, I was having it's a little bit of trouble deep. finding it. It's gone silent. It's, yeah, it. Yeah, there's a lot of things over the top of this one. Yeah. Mm, All right, yeah. man. All right. Well, in the meantime, uh, be excellent to each other. Go watch some good movies and uh, go watch Raising Arizona if you haven't seen it lately. Yeah. And we will see you all back here next week for Harry and the Hendersons. young feller you want i should freeze or get down on the ground mean to say if i freeze i can't rightly drop and if i drop i'm gonna be in motion you see shut up okay then